Hello, uh, Isaac Vassin. We're back with the Striderport podcast, and I'm here interviewing Amina Matag today, who is a four-time first-team All-American, two-time second-team All-American, uh, junior now going to Duke University. Amina, thank you so much for coming up. Thanks for, for having me. Of course. Let's uh, let's start off with just kind of your decision to come to America, um, which was just over a year ago today. Um, was it always something you wanted to do or did like Duke kind of convince you or like where did that thought process kind of come in? Yeah, so I'm from the Netherlands and um, when I was finishing up my high school, like I saw a lot of people I always competed with go to the U.S. and go to college here. And at that time, I was kind of like uh, hesitant and I I didn't want to do it. I had a good situation at home and I just wanted to study in the Netherlands and keep training there. Um, and then I think I, I got inspired by all the people, like seeing their results, seeing all the cool meets they did and just seeing how people progressed and all the experiences they had. And every time people came back in the summer, they were so excited about going to the U.S. for college. So I was kind of like, OK, that might be something. I would be interested in now. So then I, I tried to like reach out to some schools and eventually I ended up at Duke. Cool. I've got to ask, you speak great English for being from Netherlands. Is that like something you've always been really good at? Or is that something like you had to learn before you came over here? Um, I think in general, Dutch people are pretty good at English, but, um, one of the things that definitely helped is that my like my previous university was also in English. So I had a little bit of an adjustment period then. So the transition to America definitely was easier because of that. That makes sense. Cool, cool. Well, you came into the NCAA in 2022 and you were immediately great, like all American level in your first season, which is super impressive. So like I like to ask everyone this next question, but it's going to be a little bit harder for you to answer because you were so elite so early. But um, what was your welcome to the NCAA moment? Um, for me, I think like the craziest first experience was running Paul Short in my first cross country season. Um, and I was just standing on that starting line and like looked next to me and you just see like maybe 300 or 400 like women lining up. And that was something I'd never experienced before. Like all of my cross country races were like, maybe 20 people or like maximum of 30. So I was just looking like, wow, I have to raise all all these women. And then this, the gun goes off and you're just like sprinting for your life. Um, and that was just something I'm like, <laughs> wow, this is really, really cool, <laughs> but also kind of frightening. Um, but that was uh, very much like a new experience. Yeah, well, you did a really good job of adjusting to that new experience because let's talk about this first cross-country season. You won your first ever cross-country meet in Virginia, and you placed second in your second ever cross-country race, losing to Evelyn Kemboy, who is a 10K national champion. And you beat incredible All-Americans in that race, like Maggie Donahue and Chloe Scrimger. Um, and then you followed that up with an incredible fourth place finish at ACC's as a freshman. Once again, losing to two national champions and three All-Americans in Olivia Markinizic and Caitlin Tui, and then her teammate, uh, Kelsey Shamil as well. Um, so tell me, after this roller coaster ride as a freshman, where you came to America and immediately launched yourself into this title scene, what were your emotions like going into your first NCAA championship? And then finally, what were your goals? 
Um, I think like one of the blessings was that I like, I was kind of like oblivious. Like I didn't know the people that were racing there. So like, I just kind of like get a starting line and just racing everyone there without being like, oh, that person is an all American or like that is their 5k PR or they've done this, um, which definitely helped me because every single race was just kind of like not thinking about who people are, but more just showing up, racing everyone at, in the race and see what it ends up being. Um, so that was kind of like very nice to have in my first season. I'm sure. Yeah. And especially when, like you said earlier, there's just so many people on the line. Like if you're just thinking about all these things, it can just get a little bit overwhelming. And so just being able to like take a step back and just like be kind of oblivious to the situation is almost a blessing in disguise in a lot of cases. But anyway, you finished 28th as a freshman, which is all American because all American and cross country is top 40. And then um, you immediately after that, you ran a national 3K time in 855 in Boston on December 3rd, utilizing kind of that cross country peak to get an indoor qualifier right away. Um, so my question for you is, what are those couple weeks in between cross country and that track meet like? Are you like changing training a ton to like get that speed work going because you're running so much shorter? Or does training kind of just like stay the same for you during that time? Um, generally training stays pretty similar, especially since, um, I, uh, I actually ran the European cross country championships after the indoor meet at BU. So it was still training for cross country. I did definitely do like one workout. I like kind of like trying to run 3k pace, um, just to get a feel for that. Uh, but generally training stayed pretty similar and it's kind of like fitness is fitness. So, uh, when you get to the 3k, um in december you're kind of just like you know you're fit from cost country so hoping that that will definitely translate yeah and uh quick question just out of curiosity did you do indoor season in netherlands or did you never race on an indoor track until that boston meet no i definitely raced indoors before um it's actually it might be my favorite season like in the netherlands too it's just always fun <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it is about it, but I love it too. I completely agree with you, but yeah. Um, well then, anyway, after Boston and then after European Cross, you finally, you get a break, like about, what, a month off of racing before finally making your return uh, in Penn State where you'd run an 800 and 204 and then helping your DMR qualify for the NCAA championships later on that day. Um, you later ran another 800 at conference, improving your NCAA rank to 22nd, where you placed top three in the 800 and 3K while winning the DMR. For a freshman, that's just incredible veteran running at conference championships, especially in the ACC. Um, my question for you about all this is like, with all these doubles you're doing meet after meet and like racing the 3K and then racing like an 800 prelim and then an 800 final, how do you approach like the first race mentally as opposed to like the second and the third? I think um, what I always try to do uh, and what has worked pretty well so far is kind of like just focusing on your first event and like not even thinking about the second one, um, which can sometimes be like a blessing because in your second event, you just you're just on the starting line so relaxed because your like, your main event, your main focus is already done. So you can just kind of like go into it super free and just um, well 
without overthinking it, just run it. And that sometimes makes you run it even better. Yeah, I agree with you. Is there, um, so yeah, let's, let's say you ran the DMR, you're feeling great. You ran awesome. And then you have an 800 final later that day. What do you do in between those two events? Are you like putting your legs up or like eating food? Like how do you plan everything around? Like when that next race is. It definitely depends how much time there is in between. Um, but I generally do like a short cool down and then try to just relax, like put my feet up, like lay down, get some food in me and then just like kind of give my body as much rest as I can. And then when it's time to warm up and just like pretend like the first event didn't happen. <laughs> That's good. I think um, preparing for the second event can almost be easier sometimes because there's just like like you said earlier, that pressure is just kind of gone. Like you got that first race out of the way and the rest of it, you're just kind of like happy. But um, when it comes to nerves, especially for that first race, um, do you have a way that you like calm yourself down or like, how do you think you, how do you in particular deal with those nerves going into a big race like ACC's or a national championship? I think most of the times when I feel like I'm getting really nervous, I'm just trying to remind myself like how cool the opportunity is that I'm the opportunity is that I'm getting by racing all of these like incredible women and just like how cool it is that I have the opportunity. And sometimes I'm also just like thinking about like how I'm all the way across the world. And I'm kind of like, well, this is, this is literally the reason I came to the U S like I wanted to compete with some of the best women there are. So like, I kind of remind myself of that and get excited about it instead of feeling nervous about it. That's, that's a great mentality, honestly, just, um, just being grateful. It, it really, I, I think when you're grateful, you can't also be nervous at the same time. Like you can only feel one of those emotions at once. So that, that's super interesting. But anyway, you set yourself up well that first season to make a lot of hard decisions come championship season. You clinched qualifications in the NCAA for the 3k for the mile for the DMR and almost even in the 800, depending on scratches and stuff, because you were 22nd, the top 16 go. Sometimes there's six scratches, sometimes there's not. You just kind of have to wait for the day. Um, how did you decide to run the mile and 3K double in the NCAAs over the DMR and or possibly the 800? Like, did you make that decision? Was it kind of like your coaches or was it like a collaboration? Or like, how do you make those decisions? Uh, it's definitely always hard because like, Ideally, you could run everything, but you obviously can't. Um, so I think last year, my decision making was kind of like thinking that I thought I had the most chance in the mile. Um, and well, the mile DMR double is just really hard. So and luckily, I had some teammates that were super excited to run the DMR. Um, so then when I chose to focus on the mile, I was like, well, the three K's after like, it doesn't really matter. Um, you have nothing to lose, like you have everything to gain. So I decided to also run the 3K, which was definitely one of the hardest races of my life. But um, yeah, that's kind of how the decision process went. Yeah, well, you ran pretty well on the mile, your first ever NCAA championship indoor, you placed seventh in that mile championship. And then, like you said, it's, it's pretty tough coming back to that 3K after racing a mile prelim and a mile final. Um, so the 3K was obviously a bit more of a struggle. Um, and then just kind of a quick question about like 
that indoor experience, like did coming up just like a couple seconds short of that title in the mile, does that really motivate you during the off season between indoor and outdoor? I think like even before I definitely did not lack the motivation. Um, one of the things I took out of that NCAA experience was more like learning kind of like about some of the mistakes I made and really wanting to like to be more tactically sound. Um, and also just kind of like an eye-opening experience because I knew the NCAA was really good, but it's also very like unforgiving and to like to compete at your best, you like you can't make any mistakes because everyone is so good. So it was kind of more like a learning experience. And I took away all these lessons that I was like, okay, I want to try and improve on that for outdoor season. Cool. Do you have, um, just kind of branching off of that, do you have any like specifics that you look at? Like when you're watching a race video back, like, are you like making sure you're trying to stay on the rail or like trying to like limit the amounts of moves you make? Or like, what are you looking for in particular? Like when you say like being more tactically sound? Um, yeah, I think it's definitely mostly looking at like the decisions you make during a race. Um, and like, for example, if you're in the rail, on the rail, if you're boxed in or not, like, do you um, move around too much? Um, do you take the lead too early? Like, or do you make a move too late? Like stuff like that, kind of like how your decision making is during a race and see what you could improve on that to, to do better. So yeah, that's good. That's great. Um, well, moving on to outdoors as qualifying for outdoors is generally easier. Like it's 48 on both sides. So 96 total, as opposed to just like 16 people making indoor, you would easily run a 1500 qualifier right away. And then it seemed like you would focus your season on that event and on the 5k. Um, you then traveled to ACCs where you play second in the ACC 1500, losing by one second to Margot Appleton of Virginia who later placed third at nationals in the 1500 that year. You then breeze by NCAA regionals in both the 1500 and the 5k qualifying for NCAA outdoors pretty easily. Um, and so a good question for this, as you're like navigating through the rounds, like how do you manage your energy running through all of those rounds in two different events? Are you like trying to barely make it to the next round, like barely qualify or are you like, just screw it. I'm just going to be in that top three and just make sure I cement myself into the next round. Um, yeah, for me, like, be nice is that the 1500 was definitely like my main focus and the 5k was always after like the 1500 final. So for me, it was kind of like, I just want to go all in on the 15 and then whatever I've left, I'll see how it pans out in a 5k. Um, so yeah, kind of the same where just like not thinking about the second event and just like going all in for that first one and trying to finish as high as possible and then like see whatever whatever you've left for the 5K. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you, you kind of took the exact same approach in both indoor and outdoor where you'd run the mile and then just whatever you have left in that 3K and then you did the same thing in, in outdoor where it's like you'd run the 1500 and then whatever you have left in that 5K. Um, but anyway, what were your goals heading into that NCAA national meet in the 1500 and in the 5k? Um, my goals, uh, 1500, like the first goal was definitely to make it into the final, which I didn't end up making. So I was a little disappointed about that. 
Um, but it was nice that I still had the 5k because I could kind of like, um, well, kind of like rethink what my goals were for that, because obviously running a 5k without a 1500 final right before is, is nicer than to run it right after a final. Um, so then for the 5k, I was kind of just thinking like, I really wanted to be an all American, um, and just see how high I could finish because it was, I think it was my third 5k that I was going to race. So I didn't have that many under my belt. So kind of just like, um, enjoy the experience and try to finish all American. And this might, this 5k might be the most impressive race you've ever run. Like just looking at all the factors, like you finished seventh in that tactical heat in the 1500, like you said, eliminating you from the finals. Um, as an outsider, you kind of think in that moment that like, oh, like if you struggle in the 1500 and you've already raced, like it's going to be really tough to come back in that 5k due to the like energy you've already spent in the prelim and then failing before. But you did the opposite. Like you ran really well in the 5k, you placed fifth in that really fast final and you ran a PR of 1548 in the process. Like um, my question on that is what do you have to thank for that bounce back and really that incredible finish in the 5k? Was there like a mindset change that you made from that first race to that second race? Or was it just kind of all the work paying off? Um, I think like one of the things that definitely helped is like, I was definitely frustrated after 1500 for not making the final, but then just thinking like, wow, I actually am really grateful that I have another opportunity to race. Like imagine if this was just it, I was kind of like, wow, I just have to make the most of that opportunity that I have another shot. Um, and what also kind of motivated me uh, was that I think I had like the slowest PR in the entire 5k field. So it's kind of like thinking like, oh, every person I pass is like, I wasn't supposed to like based on PR. So I'm already winning. So that just gave me like a really positive mindset going into the 5k. Yeah, it, especially like already racing and already coming up short and then having the slowest PB, it must've just been like, there is zero pressure on me out there today. <laughs> so like, just like, like what we talked about earlier, just like having the mindset of being grateful and not being like as nervous about it can, can really help. And seems like it did for you in that scenario. Um, but anyway, let's move on to this year. Um, and then this, uh, that summer before this unbelievable cross country season you just had. Um, how did you make that transition during the off season from being like a top 30 cross finisher in the NCAA to being, trying to be an NCAA champion and like being really close to it? Um, I think like one of the things was just like, I, I look back on the year and I was really like happy with how much I had improved and especially on like my like endurance. I just felt so much stronger than I've ha ever had before. So I think it was kind of just like, wow, if I can do that in a year and improve by that much, like if I just continue the work and like stay consistent, I'm just like, I was just curious to see like what I could do this year. Well, you proved to yourself and to the world that you are incredible as during cross country, you finished second at ACC's losing to just Caitlin Tuohy, who's a, I don't even know how many time national champion in all American that I don't want to do the math, but um, you then went into cross country nationals and you finished in the top 10, placing 19 spots higher than you did last year. Um, do you think that was a product of that added strength that you said you developed during the off season? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, last year 
I definitely like died pretty hard in the last K and was kind of moving backwards in this year. Um, I think I was like in a similar position as I was last year, but I was just like able to keep going. And instead of going backwards, like um, pass some people in the last K. So that was definitely something that comes from having more strength. Yeah, I think like um, strength with age is really um, underrated concept. Like I think as you get older, you just continue to get stronger and stronger just through that consistency. Um, but then you kind of like ran the season the same way you did last year, like with the same mindset, because you traveled to Boston again, once again, running the 3K, utilizing that cross country peak where you'd run 846, which is a national qualifier. And then you went to Boston later on and ran a 429, ranking you third and sixth in the NCAA in both of those two events. So with already running two NCAA qualifiers and this year not even being over yet, what is your current race plan for the rest of this indoor season? Um, so this, uh, this upcoming week, we're going to Boston to run the DMR. So we're going to another nationals qualifier so we'll see how that goes um and then it's kind of like i'm just really excited for championship season i i love running fast but it's even more fun to like compete and i think like um i just want to try and do that at accs and ncaa's just compete and try to finish as high as possible awesome i love that mindset um do you, do you have any idea what you're planning on running an Blaze again? Will we see the the mile 3K double once again, or are we going to give the DMR a crack this time? I think it depends on the DMR. Like, um, like hopefully we'll qualify, and then um, we kind of have to see what how we're ranked and what our chances are, and then I'll have to reconsider like what, what I want to do, what I want to run there. That's awesome. Well, after this indoor season's over, obviously being 2024, it is an Olympic year. Um, are the Olympics something that's on your mind for being from Netherlands? Like, do you have to fly out to do a trials? And then if so, like, how does your training change, like with the Olympics on the horizon? Yeah. So in the Netherlands, you don't really have to do a trial. Like if you run the time qualifier, you're pretty much in. Um, but obviously the time, like qualifiers are are super fast um so for me right now like i'm not thinking necessarily about the olympics i'm just trying to improve as much as possible and hopefully i can run really fast and if the olympics like would come into my site and if i would run like close to the qualifier definitely like readjust my um my my season but like i'm it's not necessarily something that i'm that's on my mind right now like, I'm just trying to focus on improving um, and getting better, getting faster, and then we'll see where that goes. Cool. Um, I'm just going to ask you a couple more questions now that we've kind of run through, like, your your seasons and your awesome results. Um, what is the biggest hardship you've had to deal with throughout your career? And then um, talk about how you've overcome it. Um, I think for me, the biggest hardship um, – was uh a couple years ago i think it was 2020 i had like super low iron but i didn't know for a while so i was running really poorly i was running like 15 seconds slower than my prs and i was just really frustrating um and i just kept racing and kept 
being disappointed. Um, and after a while I figured out it was low iron. So that was definitely like helpful that I knew what to work on. Um, and I'm also like, um, very grateful that that was my biggest hardship. Like I've never had any major injuries, knock on wood. Um, like <laughs> I think so far <laughs> my career has been pretty, like it's been pretty good, pretty, like it ran pretty smoothly. Um, so yeah. That's really good. That's really good to hear. Uh, injuries are obviously never a good thing. Um, and then kind of my last question for you, this is always just a fun question that I like to ask people, but do you have a secret? Like what's the secret of Amina Matag? Like for me, um, this is going to sound crazy, but I jump rope quite a bit because I really think it like helps develop my kick and like is really good for like natural speed. Um, but is there anything that you do that you would say is like different from anybody else? Like whether it's like dietary or training wise, like just, yeah, get into it. Okay. Well, I really have to try the jump roping. That sounds so interesting. I've never tried it. Um, <laughs> but I'd say for me, the secret, um, is my dad. I think he's my superpower. Like before every race, I call my dad and like talk through the race and he always knows what to say to me. And he can just like hear from my voice when I'm like nervous or like doubting myself and he knows like what to say. Um, so I think like he, he's definitely my superpower. Like I know he'll always be there for me. And, um, like he's been with me throughout my entire running journey. So I'm very grateful for that. That's an awesome answer. I think, um, a lot of times like people don't mention like the support system, but the support system is a super, super important thing that not a lot of people touch on. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. If there's anything you'd like to add, now's the time. But um, Amina, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun talking to you.